Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Please note that the names, times, places, countries, health officials, and relevant authoritarian dictatorships have been changed to please the algorithm. Hey, Iceland, it's me, Dr. Pangolin Unicorn. Hello? It is I, dear Lederson. You may have noticed that the whole of Europe has been shut down by your volcano erupting. Flights have been grounded. Was that you, Iceland? Nope, that was not us. But we can see clearly thick black plumes of smoke and lava emanating from one of your volcanoes. Nope, definitely not us at all. I'm looking at it right now on Google Earth via satellite. This is not us. This is a false flag. It is fake news perpetuated by our fateful enemies, Greenland, for propaganda purposes. We can see it pretty clearly. It is actually magic toxic gas emanating from the blowholes of sneaky whales with Greenlandish sympathies, wishing to discredit the glorious People's Republic of Iceland. So what should we tell the people who are unable to work or travel and have lost their livelihoods and their liberty? Tell them it is possibly aliens. Lock them down, make them stay inside, and we shall continue with our bunga bunga party. Over and out. Iceland, null point. Welcome to Agitators Anonymous. This is Alan Averill. I have officially lost my mind. Yes, indeed. Welcome to episode 61. 
yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it. Comedy is not my strong point. Um, comedy is not my strong point. Agitate is anonymous. I'm Alan Averill. Uh, I thought that was a good idea at the time. Perhaps I shall live to regret that. Back in a moment when a few years ago, um, a volcano in Iceland grounded the entire of Europe. No one was able to travel. In fact, no bands could show up to Roadburn. There was a um, huge disruption. Hmm. Seems familiar, doesn't it? Anyway, this was a big week, a big week, my friends. And I'm going to talk about politics, geopolitics, Dr. Fauci, pangolin unicorn, all those kind of things. So if you're looking for more heavy metal chat, hmm, there's some going to be some stuff over on my YouTube channel, which will be a little bit more musical. But this episode of the podcast will be hostage to my ridiculous sense of humor or something like that. Uh, let's swing those gallows. All right. The show is sponsored by Eisenwald Records, purveyors of great, dark, post-black metal, black metal, pagan metal. You need to go and check it out. www.eisenton.de or com. Go and check them out. And use the promo code ALAN for 10% off. This was a big week, as it became clear that the lab leak hypothesis looked more and more likely. If you don't know what that is, well, you might be forgiven for that, because it was very clearly censored by the powers that be. Um, right at the beginning of this whole situation, the emergency. OK, I'm going to stop doing silly voices, although I do quite like it. And it makes it feel like there's more people here. Um, makes me feel less alone. Anyway. So this was a big week, as I said. The, um, the lab leak hypothesis looked more and more likely. And if you know what that is, if you've been following, for example, the Dark Horse podcast, Brett and Heather Weinstein, Heather Haying and all those kind of people. And realistically, just using some of your common sense. But I'll get to that. The mythical pangolin began to head off back to Narnia. Dr. Fauci the main cheerleader, the ringleader, however you want to call him, hummed and hawed in the Senate hearings. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you need to basically go onto YouTube and look at Fauci on the stand. The cheerleader for lockdown and essentially shutting down the whole planet, stealing a year or more of your life that you will never get back and the lives of many people um, were taken during this whole emergency. You'll never get that back. And let's be honest, we aren't out of the woods yet. Many authoritarian uniforms have been metaphorically dusted down and returning to some form of normality or where we were before this emergency remains to be seen. But let's be honest, more or less, he admitted the bat to pangolin story was, well, you decide. And it seems that the NIJ the NHI, NHI, and it would seem that the NHI allegedly funded the Wuhan lab, which Fauci was connected to. So what happened? Patients zero to three, or I think the first few patients, it seems, were traced to being workers in that lab. And if you're if you're none the wiser about what I'm talking about, well, basically it goes like this: in Wuhan, there are 
virology labs that do gain of research function, gain of function research, um, f funded by, well, companies run by the very same cheerleaders for imprisoning the world, the Fauci's, including Big Pharma, who oddly enough made a vaccine, which is now your promised key to freedom. Anyway, what is gain of function? It's more or less pimping the ride, taking a normal virus and turbocharging it, altering it with artificial man-made means to study it as it becomes more and more lethal and work out how to be ahead of that turbocharged, sneaky little virus, to be ahead of the curve, which in theory, I suppose, is fine and well, and it was something that was banned under Obama. And just for context, the understanding that gain-of-function research was indeed banned in the USA, hence why it was moved to China. And so, the theory goes fine and well, until it escapes. Kills millions of people and closes the world down and creates a vacuum into which governments the world over, tech, state and pharma, can rush in with authoritarian glee and dust off their uniforms, as I said. For example, it's about progress. Are these things that we, as a human society, human society, a society need to progress with? Do we need gain-of-function research, ask yourself? Do we need to develop drones that will um, attack people? Do we need to create armies of drone robots? I mean, you probably saw this in the news last week that someone was attacked by a drone, um, a free-thinking, freestyling kind of drone. So that's what gain-of-function research is, and that was what was being studied in that lab in Wuhan. And it wasn't being studied by a pangolin. And so it would appear that the lab leak hypothesis, which had been basically pilloried as conspiracy theory um, to the high heavens or whatever way you want to describe it, way back at the beginning of this, is now looming into view as the most probable theory. The scientific community or elements of it or the elements of it that were allowed to speak, so to say, circle the wagons, virologists, and people associated with this kind of laboratory research all pulled their leather tight and got ready for a scrap. But the scrap never came because the media was on side. Um, our big tech moved in behind them. And it's when you realize that most big tech platforms have a member of or a representative of big pharma on all of their boards. They all closed ranks. And basically, as the title of this podcast is, you were lied to. Now, I've been banging the drum for this for the last 18 months, and here we are. Of course, where my personal um, philosophies come from, the idea that I don't have, as I've said many times before, I don't have this blind faith, blind spot, faith in institutions. Now, I understand if everybody was as uh, sceptical as me, then society probably couldn't, the wheels of society couldn't turn. But at the very least, some of us were banging the drum, warning that maybe trying to apply some rational or critical thinking should be on the cards. Um, I don't want this to be a I told you so podcast, but it's something like that. And so we, the world, were lied to as a cover narrative was created. Now, I ain't no virologist, um, but it certainly looked odd to me that this was a theory when there was a lab studying the very kind of a virus um, that escaped like uh, right there, Kind of like, uh, guys, look over there. There's a heist going on in broad daylight. Nah, but I'm, I'm busy looking at my phone. You've probably by now actually seen Jon Stewart go off on this on um, late night 
TV on the state in the states. That clip has millions and millions of views, far more than the normal clips that um, late night comedy in parenthesis TV offers anymore. Um, and the reason why he's saying the things that none of that particular establishment want to hear, the kind of things that they um, actively sought to um, stamp out right at the beginning of this. You should go and take a look if you haven't and watch it, watch him literally tear it up. And it seemed to make some form of common sense to me. Yet try posting something about it back before last summer and Facebook would simply take it down. Big tech would censor it. Um, conspiracy theory was called. In fact, anyone who questioned the narrative was called a conspiracy theorist. Now, why is this important? Or why is it important to me? Uh, Alan, can't you leave this alone? The sun is shining and I can have a beer outside. I'm afraid not my dear chums, my fellow agitators. I mean, the name of the podcast is Agitators Anonymous, right? Well, the clue is in the name. This is important because we, and I use that ostensibly, um, the royal we, although it's uh, slightly disingenuous, we were, people were called conspiracy theorists, theories. People were called conspiracy theorists over this. I lost friends over my stance on this, shunned from pillar to post for simply asking questions. And here we are. Um, yet the mainstream media, stories about, over here in Ireland at least, stories in the front page are mainly of old lads, old lads sipping pints in the sun with cloth caps and their thumbs up going, yeah, great to be back having a beer. Um, I haven't seen what should have been on the front of every paper, a picture of Dr. Pangolin Unicorn and you were lied to. But I suppose that's not what the mainstream media narrative wants to really admit to. Um, was he on the bat phone? This particular dark night of the soul informing all of those, the handmaidens of the, the handmaidens of the mainstream media, their narrative. So were we lied to? We were lied to. You arrange the words as you see fit, but it should have been on the front of almost every newspaper the world over, because this is one of the biggest cover-ups and heists in history. And health officials should be taking the stand in every court in the land, explaining their decision-making process in detail. Yet people have been kind of irritated at my mentioning this. Well, I mean, okay, I am irritating, sure, I can admit that. Um, you know, it does what it says on the tin, simple is as simple does. But what does this really mean? It means the follow the science belief in the narrative folk have basically been building their argument upon some very, very shaky foundations. In fact, anyone screaming conspiracy theorist at those who asked questions and raised a sceptical eyebrow should be taking a very hard, long look at themselves, very hard indeed, and a long, hard look at the institutions of state, media, tech, pharma, and sadly science, that it would seem propped up this narrative. The very people who you would have thought would have wanted an, an exhaustive inquiry into what happened and would have taken the decisions based upon that um, with very grave measures indeed when it comes to personal liberty, human rights and freedoms, but it seems those things were shelved. And we can see it across the mainstream media. Once reputable newspapers that decried anyone with a question about the origins of all of this as alt-right, the New York Times, the Washington Post, our very own newspapers here in Ireland, you are a Trumpist, a conspiracy theorist, a this, a that, a racist, any ism, any ist in many cases, and they're all now trying to pivot 
and say they said no such thing, that the lab, leak, the lab leak was always still on the table. Yet there's a trust in the scientific community that has been broken by all of this for a great many people, which is far more worrying. I was always a person who supported the scientific method. Of course, I err on the side of rationality, empirical observation, all of those kind of things, and would have always said the same thing to people. But this now worryingly seems broken, and that is very worrying. How are people supposed to calibrate all of this and the bat to pangolin theory against losing all of their liberties, freedoms, and essentially some small portion of their lives and also their very actual lives for all those people who've died because of the situation, have been denied being able to marry, to date, to sing, to dance, not being able to bury their dead, hug their loved ones, um, left their loved ones in care homes for a year and a half to live life and are now still to this day being ordered around like children by would-be tyrants as waiting by would-be tyrants in waiting, all as the prow of a great ship of fools seems to have struck the first wave of lies. How is that? How is that? In Ireland, we have had a cyber attack on our health service. And this was several weeks ago, a month ago. And it would seem that our health services, are they? Are they using the excuse of a cyber attack in order to not announce how many deaths there are? They can announce how many cases there are. But yet... No, we cannot announce that because of the cyber attack. Or is it simply because there are none? And if there were none, then why would we still have all of these restrictions and laws and new rules? Hmm. Hmm. Critical thinking, questioning, the sceptical perspective, as I've said before many times, and I don't want to sound like a lecture or whatever, but the sceptical perspective on everything is the only rational observational point to me. So I've been, you know, showing people, hey, have you seen the leaked emails? Showing them the cover-up. Have you watched Rand Paul and other senators asking, what the fuck is up? Is this the greatest cover-up? And yeah, you remember you called me a CT? Well, are you going to double down or do you want to issue a small squeak of an apology? But whoever does that, no one does that. That's not the way the 2020s work. That's not the way the 2010s work. And most of this century works. Whoever does that, whoever says, yeah, you might have a point, that does seem a little bit suspicious. The same people who screamed, follow the science, fail to understand that science is constantly updated based on new evidence. That's what science is. Take a little search about what's happening recently with Einstein's theories, and you will see that people are constantly adding and subtracting. We stand on the shoulders of giants. That is the very nature of discovery, of inquiry. And the people who wish to use the same um, models, which now turn out to be, are they demonstrably lies, said to us, follow the science. Really? And now it looks like you have some reassessing to do. Do you change your views? I guess it's up to you. I, on the other hand, am heading out for ice cream. This Cornetto is on you, Dr. Pangolin. If you use the promo code AAPODCAST over at metalblade.com, you can get 10% off your order. You want that new Cannibal Corpse, Primordial, Fate's Warning, host of many other things. Go and take a look. As long as you are in North America, go on and take a look.
Is it as simple as to say that so many media outlets and people of otherwise reasonable mind had been so bent out of shape by Trump derangement syndrome that they had to be that had to be simple about it? No matter what he said, they had to pick the opposite. Um, and Trump derangement syndrome is a very real thing, I think. It absolutely deranged so many people. Now, I'm no fan of his. I've said this many times before you think that or try and pillory me with, with that. But if this meant not examining science and one of the most pivotal moments in human history, which sadly killed many, many people, was it somehow more important to be against Trump no matter what? rather than look into a story and try and get to the truth and be objective? It would seem so. Like I said, I'm no, I'm no fan of that fool. i said it before several times in the podcast, but certainly it seemed to me that we are living through a cycle of 10 years of social media derangement. Let's call it Trump derangement syndrome, um, which is, I think, a very real thing. Never before has a character, this fool of a man, um, become or represented something so polarizing in modern society that it seemed that death was less inconsequential than being positioned near or close to Trump. That somehow we lost all reasoning or all objectivity. Um, no matter what he said or declared, people had to pick the opposite. The China virus, or whatever you want to call it. And this seems to have meant that not examining science, not questioning, not being sceptical or rational, or what journalists should be doing is trying to represent the, um, the middle ground to not being biased, so to speak. All fine and well when you're trying to, you know, talk about localised issues to do with the election or dealing with things that do not affect the shutting down of the entire world. But the inability to try and tackle the truth of this story because it might mean standing not even near to or adjacent to, but on the same, um, you know, on the same stretch of land as a Trumpism seems to be now one of the most um, tragic circumstances of this event because many, many people died and it seems as i said that that somehow seems less important to certain elements of the mainstream media narrative was it somehow more important to be against trump no matter what rather than look into a story and try to get to the truth and be objective it would seem so no i ain't no fan of that fool i've said it before many times on the podcast you can go back and take a look if you want but certainly it seemed to me a simple old heavy metal singer that you might want to, you might want to check out that smoke and gun or volcano as the case may be considering the huge implications for the human race um, but then again what do i know huh the mainstream media hung hong kong out to dry you can go and watch how demonstrators in hong kong were flying american flags european flags singing the home of the once brave Home of the Brave in the streets in an effort to try and flag down the West to come to their aid to try and save them. And what happened? How quickly we forgot Tiananmen Square, which, let's be clear, was empty on its anniversary. We sort of turned our back on what was happening there. You can 
step outside here on the street and see stickers on the on lampposts. But yet underneath underneath it will be a sticker which says end lockdown now or lockdowns cause lives or this kind of thing. And they will have been scraped off and somebody somebody will have put a flyer saying be kind over them. Be kind. Stay in lockdown. Seems so weird that underneath such an incredible statement about genocide are these tit for tat sort of middle class pokings at each other over lockdown, which let's not forget is a system of authoritarianism that we literally ran scared right into. We bumped into it in the dark. And where did it come from? It came from the CCP. This was how they handled what happened. Yeah, I know a lot to unpack within that statement. But so what happened? I kind of view it a bit like this. Everyone lost their minds, lost their ability to sense make. Now, I'm no fan of Dominic Cummings. He seems an irritating, detestable kind of chap. But, for example, watch him on the YouTube. Take the stand in the UK. And he makes the case clearly that Boris and the government in the UK were in chaos, running around like headless chickens trying to make decisions based on something entirely unknown, which I do forgive elements elements of state and authority for not knowing exactly what was happening and being in the dark and genuinely being afraid and fearful of the repercussions. It's just that now, a year and a half in, when the, uh, how shall we say, authoritarian uniforms have been dusted off and come into full view of our, you know, sunny second summer within all of this um, things have changed because the models that everything was designed upon were clear to not um, not be relevant anymore but they were not updated i.e. they were not held to the scientific method that we were all held within and beholden to by people who claimed and said to us but follow the science so following the CCP into their way of dealing with this. I mean, when did that ever end well for anyone? You may want to have a a little look at Asian history. And here we are. So politicians, despite us trusting them to make the difficult decisions, they are as fallible and emotionally blindsided as any of us. Sadly so. So they jumped to the left, then jumped to the right, and then jumped up on a ledge, squarely marked authoritarianism. It's just been a bit dusty for a while. You might not have noticed that's what it said on this ledge. Um, and they kind of went, well, oh, I kind of like the view from up here. I kind of like this elevated view of the plebs. Um, and so let's just string this one out. And people, the people, people did the emotional lottery. They invested in the narrative, in the story. And this is the way I try and describe it to people is that in a way, they had to. If everyone was, if everyone was as sceptical as me, I completely understand the world would not turn. Um, but people were um, fearfully demoralized. They were sold this idea of Project Fear. People did the emotional lottery within it. They invested in the narrative, in the story. And in a way, I suppose, from the authorities' point of view, they had to. They, as they were placing the yoke around their neck, they had to get them to toe that line of fear and obedience. And like I said, if everyone was as sceptical as me, there wouldn't be many lottery tickets sold. But 
the idea that if you do the lottery, if you explain to somebody, the odds of winning the lottery are so massive as to be pointless. But that said, if you do, let's say, pay to play every day, and then someone says, you do realise that there is no lottery, really. Well, no, that's not what I'm quite saying. Let's think about that for a moment. What you're saying is this structure of this lottery will mean that you never win. You might feel a little bit out of pocket because you've invested it out in it every day. You've, you've emotionally banked within the system. So now for them to say, hey, we're closing the bank. Um, you don't get that emotional money you put in out again. No one wants to feel duped. No one wants to feel stupid. No one wants to feel like they've been lied to. And so, and so it goes that when I sent out a few links to people and go, hey, have you seen Fauci and Cummings on the stand talking about what happened? And it's clear it was crazy chaos um, and a lot of decisions were made that were entirely unscientific, that were just sold to you on authoritarian measures. Um, and here you are still living with them. Um, by the way, you're the one who called me a C word for stating what now seems to be kind of sort of on the cards um, do you want to have a look at this no no people don't people don't want to because they don't want to feel that they've been lied to that they've been duped but if you say to them well you know and to be irritating about it let's look back throughout history and let's look at the 1% the influential 1% as their names change throughout the centuries and consider yourself, maybe you're sitting somewhere in a working class home to working class parents with working class ideals and morals and the things you've inherited from all of that. And then think to yourself, well, that 1% once upon a time sent my sons, daughters, fathers off to war to countries they did not know anything about for causes they did not understand and were no part of. The 1% always did this, so to speak, and rightfully were identified by the Occupy movement 10 odd years ago until the corporations at the, um, at the sharp edge of that accusation rebranded themselves and divided and conquered us by siloing us in our opposing points of view and funding the very things that we think stood against them, etc., etc. And so... When you point this out at people, um, like I said, if you're a know-it-all dickhead like me waving at them from the sidelines, hey, 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 check this out. People don't want to click on the link. But it would seem like we have been. We have been lied to. And the response from most people is to shrug their shoulders, complain to me for complaining, i.e. protest the protesters. And I said that to many people over the last year and a half. Rather than protesting the protesters, consider what they're protesting about and also consider, are you protesting the protesters because that's what the propaganda has said to you? Why don't you listen to the concerns of those people? Because if they are freedom and liberty, this is something we can surely ostensibly agree upon to some degree. But nobody wants to compromise in the beginning. I've often said I'm politically homeless, um, so to speak. Um, because the center ground is very often the grounds of compromise have been destroyed by the very corporations that have sought to divide and conquer people for the last decade. Um, and so you complain, people complain to the likes of me for complaining. And 
not really wonder why their government has tried to ban the right to protest or allowed hate speech laws at the dinner table, looking at you, Scotland, um, or to the police the right to enter a house and remove someone deemed a health risk. Define that. I get it. Being inside, my head is tiring enough for me. But beginning to get your head around the possibility you've been lied to is a brain breaker. But looking back throughout history, surely that would suggest itself as self-evident. But I wonder, I wonder, my friends, I never had any faith in these institutions. Why would I? This is perhaps a theme for another podcast. The idea that this small 1% rebrands themselves as altruists with your best interest at heart in the 21st century is patently nonsense. These are the same people, as I said, who send working class kids to war in a heartbeat, bomb X country, bomb Y country, um, create the opioid crisis, all of these things. Um, they have never been, they have never existed with your um, with your best interest at heart. And that can be a very disenfranchising thing to realise like, oh right, no one really cares about me. But history, a simple cursory look at history would and should dictate that very, very clearly. Of course, hateful yet tasteful apparel hate couture. www.hate, as in I hate you, C-O-U-T-U-R-E 616.com If you want shirts that will surely piss off your nearest and dearest, venerate tyrants and serial killers, then go over there and use the promo code A-L-A-N and you will get free shipping which, believe me, is worth a lot these days. The fact that these institutions now state that they care so much about everyone's particular life that they will take away your ability to live it um, would seem to me to require much more stringent questioning. And here we are, of course. I'm not a, I'm not a cynic. But I'm definitely a sceptic, and I've said sceptism is the only rational perspective on everything. But I understand hope. Hope is based on faith. So I guess we all need the faithful of the world, or it would look very bleak indeed. But can we temper that with a little bit of rationality? As it seems, for example, in Ireland, we have 70,000 people in my country are on the healthcare waiting list to be seen. There aren't enough shrinks for those who want to speak to someone who feel their brains are broken are we going to get stats on how many people will die because of lockdown? Or do those lives not really matter? When we read an article by the head of the World Food Programme who says, hey, you know, I'm banging the drum here for 130 plus million people in Africa who might um, starve because of the implementation of lockdown, the trickle-down effect of the stopping of the food chain. I thought all those lives mattered, right? Yes, of course. So therefore, what does that reflect upon lockdown? That it is inherently racist? Now there's a brain breaker called a sack of an argument because many of the people who siloed themselves to be as behind this as possible, um, did they do so because Trump seemed to suggest the opposite? Again, so much of what's happening is pantomime, it's theatre, it's, um, it's a psychodrama that's playing out that beforehand, once upon a time, maybe people could um, view as something, as view as that. They viewed it as a drama. They were able to view it as making no sense. But we seem to have lost that ability, or at least a certain section of society. Maybe the people who spend their time living on a screen um, are unable to view these things objectively. Is, it, is that 
primarily what happened. If you live your life on the screen and you're taking in for information, you've got your biases, your confirmation biases, you've got other people telling you this, that, and the other. you're assessing information on your own. Um, your, your causes are being pumped right into your brain and you feel like you're, um, your serotonin is peaking as you're taking part in the cancellation of somebody or um, this sort of mob justice or trolling or all those kind of things. It's very different to being a worker on the factory floor when the big boss appears at the top of the stairs and tells you something and you all look at each other afterwards and go, well, we all know that was bullshit because you're looking other people right in the eyes. You're doing labor with your hands. You know, you can smell bullshit. Is this what's at the heart of some of what's happened? The heart of the siloing of people into these um, polarized opinions because basically what you're looking at is the digital world versus the analog world the digital mindset versus the analog mindset the analog mindset is very much in the real world that shakes hands with people that looks the boss in the eye and knows yeah I know that's bullshit you know that's bullshit as well let's just get on with the work whereas the digital mindset the modern mindset it doesn't seem able to separate the fabric and tissue of lies they're sold because it appeals to a sense of your ego, to your lizard brain that is driven by the algorithm. And so I very much think about this a lot. And I said it before in the podcast, an analog man in a digital world. And that may be kind of at the heart of some of these problems. I mean, like I said, how many people die in the UK every day? 1,400, 1,300, 1,500, something like this. And as I understand it, for some weeks now, Debts from this have been in single digits. So what are the other people dying from? How come we don't hear about that? How come indeed? Alan, stop asking questions. Give your brain a rest. Eat your ice cream and get some sunshine are all very, very fair points. If anyone wishes to go pangolin hunting, I will be um, in the local park eating an ice cream. So what's the conclusion of this? of this podcast, for example. I felt I had to make it. The last few musical ones have been popular amongst people, and I'll go back into that. I'll go back into that. And after all, remember, I am just the singer in a heavy metal band. But the podcast is called Agitators Anonymous, and every now and again we have to make some observations on political culture and what's happening. And what's clear to me is that even though we may vote for our politicians to make difficult decisions, they are as prone to being emotionally manipulated as everyone else. Like I said, watch the Dominic Cummings um, interviews and he will state that on the same day as the proposed lockdown measures, Boris Johnson's girlfriend was busy screaming the room down about a story over a dog. Something to do with who knows. Point is, that all of these things are juxtaposed against each other. The most serious political things are also bumped right up against the most trivial. And people are emotionally manipulated. They make, they make awkward, difficult, fucked up decisions. And right now, our political class, as I said, have been standing on the ledge of relative authoritarianism. And whether they knew it or not, going, this kind of suits us better. Maybe society is better a bit like this quieter, more locked down. And before they know it, they slip comfortably into that new jacket with a few stripes on the arm. And they forget, they forget 
were. For example, in Ireland, all of the political parties came from the same party. And that party, once upon a time, fought for liberty and freedom. No, I'm not going to invoke all of those people and make this into some rebel podcast. That's not my intention. But how quickly we forget these things as people, how quickly we take on new measures, new rules, new regulations, and they just become the normal, or as people have been calling this for 18 months, the new normal. And that's a worrying thing, that people are just able to switch off the button that is scepticism, rationality, questioning the narrative, and the ability of those who don't wish it to be questioned to silo us into our sides, our polarised sides of the argument, so that we are busy calling each other names, which seems completely counterproductive, especially when compromise is going to have to be reached and desired even. But also the other point of, for example, this ramble was to say um, shame on all those people who circled the wagons, circled the wagons and didn't allow the conversation to unfold. Um, they were just, were they just covering their own asses? The idea that human nature isn't like that, because it is, that all of these people in positions of power and authority are risk averse. They don't want jeopardy. They don't want their careers ruined. They don't want to be held responsible for what would seem to have been now something fairly self-evident. They don't want that. So what do they do? Yeah, they circle the wagons. And history dictates that that's human nature, that people have always been like that. It's just, I don't think before, we've been quite so hoodwinked as to be unable to separate reality from drama, to be able to puncture the psychodrama and see clearly through to that. And maybe I'll explore this on another podcast, but is that the difference between the digital and the analogue observation? I.e., maybe the working class smell bullshit a bit quicker than the rest of us. Maybe. Maybe not. All right, my friends, Agitators Anonymous, episode 61 ends like this. Hello, hello, dear Lederson. It is I, Dr. Pangolin Unicorn, over and out. Take me to planet Satan. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 